You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve, and Sid. Everybody and welcome to Trophy Wars. This is episode five hundred fifty-four. I'm your host, Tricky Mick, alongside with me, the man, the myth, and the legend. It's Alex. I don't know about you guys, but it's been a real weird week for me. Life in the supernatural wild west is a—it's uh, a trip. I'll tell you that much. He brings the awesome. It's I yield to no one. I got nothing this week. Nothing. Nothing. Okay. I, I was hoping for something. Nope. You just got me. Okay. Uh, first things first. Um, I, I don't know that it's like they really are places to address this everything. But, uh, Yield, obviously you were watching the game Monday night when something terrible happened. Actually, no. I, I, I uh, missed that part of the game. Okay. I stand corrected. Uh, something unfortunately happened, uh, during the game, and, you know, I'm sure you've heard all the details already. I'm just, I'm surprised, not surprised, but, uh, I'm appreciative that the NFL, uh, you know, looked at the fact that, you know, the player is more important than the game, and they went ahead and canceled the game entirely, instead of continuing to play it. Depends on what, depends on what you want to listen to. Wait, hold on. Did they cancel the game, or did they just were they going to reschedule it? No, they they, they, they finally they finally canceled it. Oh, I think it was late Thursday. Yeah, they officially said they're not going to restart the game. So, uh, well, yield. What do you uh, since you're more in the know about this? Because I, I think this affects Cincinnati. Uh, what do you mean by it depends on who you listen to? Well, the the going chit-chat was the league told them to play the game, and the players were like, no, screw you. And they're the ones that decided not to play the game. And then because there, there's a lot of chit-chat out there that the league told them five minutes and we're playing the game. And then they were all like, no, nah, we're not playing this game today. Oh, you talk about the day of. The day of, yes. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I saw some of those reports too because they said they saw – Players warming up and whatnot, and then the players just basically say, like, we're not continuing to play this tonight. Yeah. But I- I'm glad in the grand scheme of things they decided to cancel, you know, and just, you know, they made up a playoff scenario, which I can't even go into because I don't know how to fully explain it. Well, what, what's great is they have a rule in the rule book about something, kind of something along this lines, and then they went in and changed the rules. They changed the rules. They changed the rules. What was the rule before? I can't exactly remember, but one of the Bengals players posted on Facebook, hey, look, here, this is the rules, as stated by the league. And then they went in and redid the rule, and then the competition committee voted on it, and then 25 out of 32 owners voted to approve it. They changed it on Friday. 10-4. I didn't know. Uh, But, yeah, I just wanted to, you know, say that, like, obviously, I'm not that big into football, but obviously that affected, you know, uh, me on some level because you never want to see a player get hurt. Because um, the hit didn't even look that bad. 
it just uh, I guess it was helmet to the chest which caused it. That's what uh, and, I don't and, know. Again, I'm is, speculating. Is, is that the official ruling? Because I have yet to see an official ruling. I know that I, have, I know that's what people are speculating. Yeah, I I haven't seen an official ruling, but uh, it is good to know that he's up and awake, and you know he's breathing on his own and whatnot. So, uh, that is good news because uh, initially he wasn't breathing. That's why he was uh, transported off to the hospital. Um, I know they did have to do CPR and I'm on the field for nine minutes. Um, but he got to the hospital and the latest report that I saw was that he was up breathing and he was talking with his friends and family. Well, yeah. it also That's- brings into perspective, you know, we think about sports stars and people generally look at athletes as overpaid and some of the sports, you definitely can say that, you know, it's not all sports are as dangerous as others, but you can see in the case of football players, why they want guaranteed money, why they want certain guaranteed contracts, because, their, Stuff like you this. know, their playtime, the you know, the span of their career typically is less because they get pounded. Especially if you're a running back, you take a lot of punishment from big old linemen, big linebackers, and so you can understand when something like this happens why people want as make as much money as possible in the shortest amount of time because it, it's potentially dangerous. Also, because this guy's a younger guy and he had he went to cardiac arrest. Like, yes, not everyone is going to be in the same situation, but still, like when a younger person goes into cardiac cardiac arrest and almost dies. It's a wake-up call for everybody. Absolutely. <clears throat> All right. Uh, let's move on to our show. I mean, let's get into the show properly. Um, Yield, I got to get you Sid's uh, new account because we're still updating the other one. Uh, that's my fault. Not I've, I've, I've got it on my system. I just don't have it on PSN profiles where I can pull it up. I just I, I need to transfer it to there. All right. Well, I'll uh, I'll send you a link right now. We uh, uh, can we also look that up on the PlayStation app. What his his trophies? Yeah, if you got them on their on your friends list, you could. Yeah, I, but my phone won't cooperate until I upgrade my phone to the PlayStation app. Ten four. Upgrade your phone to the PlayStation app. My phone, my, the PlayStation app won't cooperate with my old phone now. Gotcha. I I, I was a little confused about what you said. Okay, so the link for his uh. His new accounts there. Uh, like, like, we'll, like, 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 I added him on my friends list. I just haven't. Understood. All right, so let's get into our trophy count. Um, <laughs> I am level eight hundred and eight with twenty three thousand five hundred ninety four trophies and six hundred and seventeen platinums. You'll have to give us a how many new platinums is that this year so far? Uh, that's 241 new Platinums. That's more Platinums than I have altogether. <laughs> uh, I've gained 6,608 trophies and went up 123 levels. Oh, you even uh, put, see, you're even so proud of yourself, you put it in the agenda. I just see that now with the plus, the, the plus, the numbers, the difference in what you've had since the beginning of the year. Well, I did that because I thought it would be funny to see how much I gained. Um, yes, the, obviously, uh, the handcuffs are off. So I can uh I can be free. Uh I did beat uh Sid's record for the most platinums in a day. I think his record was ninety one. I hit hundred and seven. I'm pr- very proud of that. That's just knocking futs. That's just unnatural, well, you know? That's like cousins marrying. It's just it's just unnatural. Oh speaking of which, Tricky, I got a game oh, for you. Oh, oh he says cousin married and you think of me? Yeah. 
No, not like not necessarily this. because of you. It's because the best uh, example I could I could think of at that time. I know, but the fact you say cousins married, then you hear you'll go yo. Oh, go ahead, yield. I'm sorry. So so my uh, my niece was over this weekend, and okay. we we were looking through the PlayStation Store. She was looking through the store, just you know, doing her thing. We came across this game called Coffee Coffee Run Coffee Fun. Coffee Co- Run, yeah. Coffee Run. Oh, so you know about it? Yes. So. I'll fill it in for Alex then. So we were just, this game struck our interest because it was like, well, that's a weird name for a game. So she clicks on it and we're watching the trailer. And I kid you not, Alex, before the, I think it was a minute 30, it may have been a minute, a little longer than a minute 30 trailer was over. We saw 10 trophies pop in this trailer. And I'm like, this has got to be a Rat Plat game. Because I'm sitting there counting. I'm like, that's one, that's two, that's three. Holy... After like a third one, I start counting because I'm like, this is weird. So anyway, so I pull it up on my phone. Trophy guy, trophy list for coffee coffee fun. There are 11 trophies and one platinum. We saw 10 of those pop just in the trailer alone. I guess the only one that didn't pop was the platinum. No, the only one that didn't pop was complete a level and then the platinum. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> but all the other ones I popped. I'm like, uh, I'm like, I gotta tell Tricky about this if he doesn't know about it. I, I know about it. I don't. I don't own the game yet because there was those games like five dollars a piece. Yeah, it was something uh, like that. It was like four or five bucks a piece. Yeah, what, five dollars yeah, a piece is that too rich for your blood, there, Tricky Mick? Yeah, I, I the most I spend on a uh, rat plat is two fifty. Well, it's good to know you have some honor. I was, uh, I just saw that. I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> so I looked up. Uh, I just looked up the tweet because uh, when you update your trophies on PSN profiles, it sends out a tweet. Uh, a tweet that went out January second. It said that I earned two thousand five hundred forty-six PSN trophies, one hundred and two platinum, eight hundred thirty-eight gold, five hundred ten silver, and one thousand ninety-six bronze in one hundred and four games. And that's uh, and the tweet before that was uh, getting the uh, my name is Pla- Mayo three platinum. So it's actually one hundred and three platinums. I expected more ridicule from you guys. No, we're I, just, we're, I really expected we're, you guys to go after me for this. We're, we're, we're used to it. It's just, whatever, man. Game how you it, want a game. It's I'm, been a year. I I, I might di- I might be disappointed in you, but you you just go do you, boo. <laughs> wow, yields. Uh, I, I think I'm gaining yields approval now. Or he's just too much over he's, my shenanigans. He's to just give me tired a- of saying the same old thing and relaying the same old disappointment. By this point. You know it's coming. Honestly, Tricky, I don't care what kind of games you play. What really gets under my skin is when you're like, oh, I'm the best gamer ever. Dad, there you go, Alex. And then you're like, yeah, but I, I... That's what gets me is when you act like you're so much better than everybody else because you play these easy games. <sighs> I don't care what you choose to eat. I don't care what you <clears throat> choose to play. The Wings thing was about... You called us hillbillies for how we like to eat pizza. So yeah, if you're going to give us crap for what we eat, then when we find something weird, we'll give you crap for that. That's but fine. When it comes to games, play what you want. Just don't act like you're so much better than everybody else because you have all these platinums that any one of us could go do. It's just we choose not to, you know? Well, all right. To be fair, I don't think I really come across as saying, like, I'm a better gamer than you guys. I just defend myself when you guys give me shit for something and then 
you go and do something similar, and then when I call you out on it, it's like, oh, no, that's allowed. That's where I get annoyed. When, when, when has that ever happened? Because you, you bring up things like the um, the me playing the Turtles collection, the Calbun collection, and, and using the watch features for some of those games, when you'll go and turn around, which, and one of the things that I did with Kingdom Bridge of Spirits, where I'll use the glitch to beat the game on the Master difficulty while having to play the entire game, you will do the exact same glitch, but to you, that's okay, and me using the feature built into the Calabung collection is not. Because, and, 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 and think about it like this, okay, and this just popped in my head. 99% of the games that I just beat in the, in, in, the, in the last week, they were all just hold down the button for a, a, a certain amount of time. And then a minute and a half later, you get a platinum. That, I understand 100% is, you know, that, that, that should be challenged. But, to sit there and watch a game get played up to the point, and then on the boss level, you say, nope, I'm going to take control, beat the boss level, and then say, I beat this game, to me, that's the same damn thing. Tricky. And if you're going to if you're gonna ridicule me for just holding down a button to get a platinum, and you're going to watch somebody not even do any work, and then at the end go, okay, I beat the boss, therefore I beat the game, to me, that's shitty. Tricky, you don't you, but you see the problem is you think that I actually used the watch feature to play through the entire game. That's not what I did, and you'll even said last week that he beat the dam. I beat the dam too. I went through the dam without using the watch feature. So did you not say that you that you play that you watched an entire game because you said fuck that I'm not playing that game again? It was the turtles fighting game for NES. Same thing. But I didn't do that to the Turtles game on NES. I tried to play through as much of that as I could, and I played through the tournament fighters for the SNES and the game, the Genesis. You had to. But I don't think you understand how bad the NES tournament fighters is. I really don't think you do. It, it, it's I'm not saying it's it's any way, shape, or form good. But what I'm saying is if you're going to use a feature within the game to get to a certain point to say, I beat this and earn a trophy, which ultimately got you the platinum, and then you're going to ridicule me for holding down R1 for a minute and a half. Tr- no, to me, tricky. I didn't I didn't beat the game. I just held down a button. Tricky. You didn't beat the game. You just beat the boss level. Tricky, it's incredibly different because to beat that to get that platinum, you have to beat 13 games. So, you have to go through Turtles in Time. You have to go through Hyperstone Heist. You have to go through Teenage Mutant Turtles 2: The Arcade. You have to go through the Tournament Fighters games. There's more steps to that than the you holding down a button for an hour and a half. It's not the same thing. Because most of those games in that collection, I played completely through. Okay, could could you at least say that my argument is justified? Well, as Daryl said, it's a built-in feature to the game, so I can see where you're coming from. But again, you can't call people out when you use the same Kena Bridge of Spirits trick to get the gold trophy that I did. When... But I didn't call you out for Kena. Huh? I didn't call you out for Kena. It's the same thing, though. No, that's not the same yes, thing. Yes, it is. The watch feature is built into the Calabon collection. Using that glitch in Kena Bridge of Spirits is not built into the game. It's not intended by the developers, whereas the other one is not, so they're not the same thing. So if you're I, willing I like to do the Kena Bridge if you're willing to do the Kena Bridge of Spirits thing, you shouldn't have a problem with the Calabon collection thing. I don't have a problem with it. I, I, I honestly do not have a problem with what you did. What I have a problem with is you calling me out for doing something like that, and then when I call you out, you're like, no, I didn't do that. That's not the same thing. No, That's I, what I, I, have a problem I fully with. admitted it that I did it, but also, and I know other people who use the watch feature too, 
Um, but also, there, like I said, there's a difference in you rat spamming a game and getting a platinum in you know 20 seconds or whatever, or holding down a button for an hour and a half, than me playing through the entirety of all these turtles games. Most of them, sorry, what 30 or you know, um, most of the games, like playing through the entirety of those to get a platinum trophy, which again takes longer. Every one of those games takes longer than the game that you platinumed. It's not the right. same. The collection, I we're like talking it. about one or two games that I use the watch feature during certain <sighs> sections of the game and all the other ones I played all the way through. All right, well, we're going to move on because this is not what the show's about. Uh, Rick the trophies, says, it's exactly what the show is about. <coughs> Rick says, I inadvertently played a Rattalika game this week, Headbangers in the Holiday Hell on Xbox. It's a pretty fun top-down shooter with good soundtrack. Uh, listen... Some of the Rattalika games are actually decent games. Devious Dungeon, obviously this he- uh, Headbangers is pretty good. Some of the Rattalika games are pretty good. I-, I-, I know like you can get a Platinum quick, but they are quality games. Um, he also says, play games how you want. Who gives a fuck? Um, and then he says, I don't think we should call them Rat Plats anymore. Rattalika games are ten times harder than he stroked the dog things. Absolutely. But Rat Platts is just the terminology we use. Yield, I know you've been awfully quiet about that. I'm not going to ask your opinion because I know how you feel already. Uh, where did we stop on the trophies? Uh, Alex, your trophy, sir. Well, now you got me all riled up. I put away my trophy count, so I'm looking looking a little unprofessional right now. Uh, no, level 468 with a total trophy count of 8,333 and a platinum count of 135 in 134 games. Oh. I was looking at the wrong number. Uh, yield, sir. Uh, I would like to say that my 9,000th trophy is now my third rarest trophy. God bless. Which, what, what trophy is that? Uh, protein in Deep Rock Galactic. All right. And when I, and I just looked it up, and when I end up getting the Platinum in Deep Rock Galactic, that will be my rarest trophy. According, according, according to PSN Profiles, my rarest trophy is a .93 Platinum for Starhawk. Deep Rock's, and, Deep Rock's Platinum is a .69. Ooh, that's that's actually uh, rarer than my most rarest uh, Platinum, which is uh, for DCUO. Yeah. All right, so what's your total count, sir? Uh, so I am currently rolling around a level 484 with a trophy count of 9018 and a Platinum count of 161. All right, and Sid is level 435, total trophies of 5,326 with 146 Platinums. All right, so uh, as you guys know, we started the uh, the Rarity Contest with Garrett. Um, he has in uh, a list that he gave us. I don't exactly know how to uh, go through this, so I'm just going to give you the, uh, the total points. Um, Right now, uh, Mark Frazier's winning with 58 points. Uh, Garrett is a step behind with 57 points. Uh, I don't know who the, this next person is because uh, it's a little blurry. Hold on. Let me see if I can bring it up my phone. Uh, they have 40 points. Give me one second. This picture's a little blurry on my phone. It's on Facebook, on isn't this, it? On the, on the Facebook. I'm sorry. Uh, oh. Well, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just looking because I was going to try and find it. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's in the Trophy Luton group. Trophy Luton. Because I saw it earlier because I was, I was like, oh, I'm like top five, top six. All right, I got it. Uh, let's see. If it's see one, two, three. Mies Mech- goats a lot. Yes. Um, 
with 40 points. You got Nitro with 31. You got Alex with 26. Uh, you got Joe with 26. Yield, you're at 22. Rick is at uh, 19. Uh, Dupes is at 19. CJ is at 16. Uh, Homer has 16. Uh, the Brain has four. Uh, Sadak, who I don't know who that is, they have three. I have one point. And the rest, uh, let's see. Kalai has zero. Uh, Zach, the Bearded Nerd, has zero. Jared has zero. And both Resident Daryl and JT are at negative three. So, uh... The way the points are are going on this, um, you have you get ten points for every ultra rare that you uh, increase. You have five points for every very rare that you increase or lose. Um, rare increases you go up by three points. Uncommons you go up by one point. In commons you get zero points. Um, I would like to say that I kind of rocked the common category this week. Well, obviously. Uh, uh, I went up 6,611 uh, common trophies. Uh, and the next person next to me was CJ. With He went up 1,549 common trophies. Well, wait, um, hold on. Common trophies help help you in what way? Did they actually help your count, your score? No, they are zero points. Okay, that, that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, just to give you an example from mine, uh, I have one point, but I had an increase in a very rare trophy. Uh, which I don't know what that is. I don't know which one that was. Uh, I don't think we can actually track to see which one that was. But four of my uncommon trophies uh, went down to common, so I lost four points there. So I have a net balance of one point. Does that make sense to you, gentlemen? Yes. Yeah, th- th- this thing is going to ebb and flow all year, depending on what game you play. Yeah, I mean, in reality, and I said this on, I think I said this on last week's show, and I said this on the episode that Yield was upset he wasn't on. Um, all these counts, it, it, it's really not going to matter until December 31st. You can get trophies and hope they go up, go down. Uh, a couple, uh, you know, obviously, like, I, and I use my, my count as an example, like, I didn't earn anything above a common trophy this week. So one of my very rares went up, but four of my rares or my uncommons went down. So I didn't do anything to increase my score. It's just the flux of the way it goes throughout the year. So obviously go out and get trophies, you know, play games here you're going to play. I'm currently playing through God of War on the PS4 uh, to try to get some points. Uh, I still got to get that platinum on the PS5. But uh, that's what I'm trying to do. And I'm not even going to tell you all that I've been playing. Um, so, because I'm not going to go through 300 games. So, I'm not going to do all that. <coughs> Alex, what are you been playing, sir? <coughs> well, and, you know, the backlog beatdown, I have no chance to win. Because, you know, I, I can be happy with how I perform. But at the same time, like... There's just people out there that are going to, you know, roll through games much faster than I can. So I respect that. But I also, you know, respect the fact that I go into that competition knowing I'm not going to win. The Amen. The rarity thing, though, I have a better chance at, although Marky Frazier might just, you know, just bitch slap all of us. Um, 
and win that. But uh, I feel like I have a better chance to win the uh, the trophy rarity competition. So I'm, I'm glad there's two out there now to help um, with the um, the growth of our communities. You know, the, the uh, trophy horse community and the uh, the loop bros community. Like, I, I feel like it's good community building. So I do appreciate that both of them are out there. So um, I got I got the platinum trophy in Guardians of the Galaxy. So I beat that. And I'm not sure how that shakes out as far as... I did earn a couple extra points this week for, for some trophies. So I haven't earned a lot of trophies, but um, I did get one platinum. And after Guardians of the Galaxy, which I did really enjoy, um, I really think they could make a better game if they do a sequel. But as far as it being a game, like I think Tricky is spot on. It's, it's, it's a, and, you know, and a lot of other people have said it too. It's a really good game. So I think uh, if you like the superhero group dynamic, it's a fantastic game to play. I have recently jumped into Weird West, which I got on Black Friday, which I know that Yield has also purchased, but I don't think he started to play it. Um, no, I have not. Yield it, maybe it, hold it, off until after this trophy uh, rarity competition is uh, is done. Maybe play it next year, so uh, as not to affect my trophies. Um, I'm I'm joking. Do whatever you want. Um, but I've really been enjoying it. It is a super supernatural thriller set in the Wild West, kind of like a Diablo style view. Like an, I guess we're calling that isometric still shell shaded graphics. Uh, one overarching story, but you play through five chapters. Each chapter you play as a different character. One's a bounty hunter. One is a pig man, a literal pig man. Uh, the next is a protector, a werewolf, and then finally an honorist, which what I've gathered is kind of a spiritual leader. I don't necessarily know if I want to call it a cult leader, but you've got five different episodes, five different characters, and they all tie together under one story. And it's an RPG, action RPG. Um, item management's a heavy aspect of it, scrounging, scavenging, like you wouldn't say, like a Bioshock game. Uh, a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, like they're cool. Like you have a reputation. You have a reputation system. Where you can uh, do side missions to help people to up your reputation, and then you can also, like at night, bust into um, businesses and steal weapons and ammo and you know particularly precious resources, and then potentially have your reputation knocked down. You can go to prison for you know attacking people and attacking law enforcement. So you know choices do seem to matter somewhat in the game. I think there are choices tied to um, trophies in the game, but I think it's more like how you look back on your adventure that affects those those two trophies. There's a good and bad ending, and I think more, just depending on how you play, um, showing more or less remorse at the end of the game when you look back on everything is what determines that trophy. Um, but I will say a few things about the game. When I started playing the game, I thought maybe that it would be perfect as a twin-stick shooter, but um, you basically uh, you aim with the R trigger and then you uh, uh, I shouldn't say the trigger the uh, right analog stick and then with the L2 button you um, you bring up the reticle and then with the R2 button you shoot so it's not quite a tw twin stick shooter I kind of understand why they did that because then you take away more of the item management and you're just spraying bullets and not only that but it would kind of make the combat much easier so I get why they chose not to do a twin stick shooter but at the same time it, it might be a little bit more fun um, but again would kick down a little bit on the RPG element. So I, t I totally why know why they did that. Also, I will give you a heads up that if you're playing this game for the trophies, they uh, there are 28, as I count, missable trophies. So unless you want to play through the game once and then go through an entire another time with a trophy guide, and the, the Platinum Trophy is like a 30 to 35-hour Platinum Trophy. Um, so unless you want to play on that twice, if you're going to play through the trophies... Uh, best to do it with a guide. Um, and that's not something I really like to do. I like to play a game through a game once and play it how I want and not have to worry about trophies. But again, there's so many missable trophies in this game that you would literally have to play through the entire game again 
to maybe pick up some of them. So if you're going to play for trophies, uh, definitely play with a guide. Unless, again, you want to play through it twice. A very fun game. Like the art style, like the theme of Supernatural and West Western. And, uh, yeah, other than the combat, getting a little bit of time to get used to. A uh, very, very fun game. So, yeah, I would recommend... I'd yield, I hope, you know, you'll give us your thoughts whenever you start to play it. I'm... I think I got this game mixed up with Evil West when I was looking on the PSN sale and I was buying it, but I'm very glad I bought it. Um, it's a Wolf-Eye game. It's the very first game that they've ever made. Very good first effort, great first impression, and then it's a Devolver Digital. Uh, they're, they were the publisher. Obviously, they're a big name in games, especially when it comes to indie games. So, uh, yeah, I would highly recommend this game, or at least, you know, go look at a trailer and see if you like it. But uh, the theme oh, yeah, is great, and it's a lot of fun. Devolver Digital's kind of hit their, hit their stride the end of last year. Of kind of I'd, putting I'd out, I'd say some, a household uh, name uh, at this point. Well, yeah, but I mean, they, they were kind of known for. I'm going to say junk, but that's really not the right word I want to use. Lesser known indie games, and then they kind of. I felt like they hit their stride towards the end, middle to the end of last year, where they were putting out Weird West. I think they put out. Uh, I don't know if they did Evil West. There was another one that they did. I mean, they did several a handful of several like small games that were like, "Wow, that looks really well." And Devolver Digital just doing that, so you know, kind of kudos to them for hitting their stride. And this is kind of one of those games that I'm like, okay, you know, I've heard of Devolver Digital before. I've heard of some of their games, but based on this, I may not only you know, whenever I see the name Wolf Eye in the future, I'll be like, oh hell yeah, Wolf Eye, what's up? I may go back through Devolver Digital's back catalog and see what they got going. So if there's any listeners out there that have Devolver Digital picks that I should play, let me know. All right, Yield? Uh, so I've been playing a little plethora of stuff. I played some Diablo Three Reaper of Souls with uh, Homer, the Brain, and Prepare to Die or Scum. I've been playing through Shadow of Tomb Raider, which I've enjoyed this last installment. But there have been parts in the story, kind of like combat parts where you're going up against Trinity, where it feels like it takes away from the story without giving away too much. It's just like this. I agree with you. This, this like I just did a point of a, a, a combat section against Trinity, and then we're back. And I, I am I'm really enjoying the main story. And then we're back to the main story, and I just kind of looked over at my wife and went. That whole combat part was unnecessary. And I hardly ever do that live. I kind of just like, okay, that, that didn't feel right. I literally, at that point, was like, this point of the story was nonsense. It didn't need to happen. Anyway, that's just a little little gripe I have with the game. Other than that, I am thoroughly enjoying it. Um, fired up a Plague Tale Innocence. I'm really enjoying that so far. Uh, I've been playing some Deep Rock Galactic, obviously. I am, where am I? Three, two trophies. Well, three counting the platinum away from getting the platinum, but it's still going to be a while. I still have to get all four dwarves to gold level, and they are all now at silver level. And I've been playing some Farm Simulator. Played some Jackbox Party 7 the other night with uh, a couple of my, well, well, with the Brain 76, a couple of my nephews, and one of my nieces. And I think that's it. All yeah. Right. Uh the only thing that I will tell you that I was playing is obviously I playing been playing God of War PS4 and some Division Two. Um 
I just got a hankering to play Division or God of War on the PS4. I don't know why. I just wanted to go back to the story, and I figured if I'm going to go back to the story, I might as well get some trophies for it. Might as well. <coughs> All right, so let's get into our topics. Um, I'm, I'm going to tell you this first topic. I don't know how much stock we should put into this because I well, think this is. Uh, well, I, I I can tell you, I I saw this about a, an hour before we recorded. Not actually, right. I didn't see that it was in the agenda. Okay. Uh, I saw it in the Facebook group. I think, or no, sorry, Troy commented on it, and that's why it showed up on my Facebook feed. And then so I looked over it, and I flipped my console. Did you really? I you, you, I don't want I don't I don't want to take that risk. I have I've had mine vertical since I bought it because one, I don't have much room where I have my consoles because I still have my three hooked up. I my four is still kind of my primary console, so I had the five in the middle and I had it vertical. I saw this and I was like, ah crap! I knew sooner or later something would come out that vertical would be bad, so I unverticaled it and made it horizontal. Now it's all, right. all now it's all a mess. All right, so if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, the, an article came out, and I'm taking this one from TechSpot.com, um, and is written by Cal Jeffrey. Uh, the headline is, Mounting your PS5 vertically might lead to catastrophic failure from liquid metal leakage. Fuck me. <coughs> now, uh, like, I, like I was saying before uh, Yield jumped in, I don't know how much this is true. I think this is just somebody saying something, because this isn't... Nowhere did I see this as official. But, with that being said, um, the article says, PSA, stop what you're doing and go turn your PS5 on its side. It's been discovered that the liquid metal used for cooling can potentially leak and fry the motherboard. There have only been a handful of cases reported, so it should... So- so should you take the chance, or is there not enough evidence for this to become a real problem? So, so the- before you be- before you continue, Tricky, let me say okay. that with every rumor, there is an ounce of truth in it. Well, okay, I, I was I was going to wait until I got done with the article, but is this possible? Absolutely. Absolutely. But is this a, a such a widespread problem that? I should have been seeing this on my feed for 50 times in the last week. I don't know that. I, but you know what? For, for someone like me, and, and, and you, everybody can do however they want it. I wanted to put, I've, I've wanted to put my console vertical since the, the three. And I've ended up laying them all horizontal because I, I, eventually there's something wrong with putting it vertical. And I was really hoping that this wasn't the case. Well, the, 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 okay. pri- the price that you drop for these consoles. You know, two or three of this happening is enough for me to go. I'm not going to risk it, and that's just well, that's just me. In, in the PS2 and the PS4 days, it would say don't do a vertical because it scratches the disc. Yeah, the magnet would eventually weak, and then your disc would wobble, and yeah, it would scratch the disc. Right. So I will tell you, I've had my PS5 vertical since the day I've had it. Now. I, I, I'm not going to wood because I don't want to jinx myself, but yeah, I've never had a problem. Wood. But I've never had a problem. Well, neither right, so. n- neither have I. Like I said, I had mine vertical since since I pulled it out of the box and fired it up. But I re- I saw that and I was like, oh, why fudge. take a chance? Yeah, yeah, why 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 chance it? So I I un- I flipped the stand around, laid it flat, and I'm like, now I got to figure out where I'm going to lay my controllers. 
All right. So it says the PlayStation 5 is vastly different from any other PlayStation to date. It's white, which we haven't seen since the miniarized PS1. And of course, it's much more powerful. It's also comparatively colossal in size, but one thing has remained consistent since the PS2. Users can orient, put it horizontally or vertically, or so they were told. Sony's stand that comes in the package for the marketing, uh, marketing materials display in the PS5 in both ways. So it's more, than, it's more than safe to assume that either mountain position is acceptable. The console is so large at, that the most practical position for me at least is vertical. I know I'm not alone too. A quick Google search image shows that the most images posted to the internet have to be in its lowered position, so it may shock many users that this may be the risky way to put your PS5. A console repair tech who goes by the YouTube handle, the Code-er, with the three as the E, posted a video last September showing a PlayStation 5 he received for repair. The console would not power on, so he opened it up, removed the motherboard, and checked each component to see how the voltage was flowing. He was getting bad readings, but physically everything looked fine. He decided to pull up the shroud around the APU to check for damage, and that's where he found liquid metal had leaked from its enclosure and shorted the contacts on the bottom of the APU. At that time, it seemed like an isolated incident. Uh, the coder has not seen a case like this before, and neither has anyone else. However, since then, at least one other instance of a leaking APU has been reported. Decoder calls it a major faux pas by Sony's design team, and it would seem that when mounted vertically, the alloy between APU and the heatsink, which remains liquid at room temperature, can dribble out over time due to gravity pulling it to all the one side of the housing. Horizontally mounting the console alleviates the issue since the liquid metal is allowed to rest uniformly across the APU. Now, I'm not going to go through the rest of this because it's just basically saying that, but the article does say Sony has not officially acknowledged the floor yet. Now... I'm only going to say this because this is me personally. This sounds like an isolated incident, like something went wrong when that particular console was being assembled. That happens in every product on the market. I don't know that this is a widespread problem, but at, like Yil says, better be safe than sorry. Uh, Alex, I'm going to go to you since me and Yield have already spoken on this. Well, I've had my PlayStation 5 vertically since the day that I got it as well, it is, it's, it's still vertical. Um, I plan to, you know, like Yield said, when you pay, pay, you know, so much for these consoles, something like this, I don't care. It's one or two cases. If there's a chance, I'm making it's sure enough. there's, there's yeah. not, I'm making sure there's not a chance. You know what I like better than one or 2%, 0%. So I will find a way to turn this thing on its side, but you know, it just fits better into my console space. I've got in our bedroom. It does. I've got an entertainment center with you know uh, an SNES. I've got the SNES Mini, or the the classic SNES, I should say. And I've got my PlayStation Three in there. So there's not a lot of space for me to. It can't can't fit in the actual thing. So the TV is so big that it can't fit underneath the TV. So I'm gonna have to find out a way to you know configure this thing. It's gonna look goofy as hell, but it's better to be safe than sorry. So. I have it vertically. I'm going to change it to do horizontally. I've just got to figure out how that's going to work. But yeah, I wish Sony, if anyone, you know, Sony has to see stuff like this. So it'd be nice if Sony would come out and confirm or deny this and say, hey, this is the best position because they've they've shown it in, in two different configurations, uh, Sony officially. So if one is better than the other, I wish Sony would just say that or confirm that, yeah, this can happen. You know, we've looked into it and we're sorry. Going forward, PSA, if you don't want this to happen, potentially... Even if it's a small percentage, just just do it this way. It would be nice to hear from Sony, but we may never forget that. So, 
Yeah, because I'm I'm looking on the uh, the Sony website right now, and they they show it vertically. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, and I agree with Alex. It, it would be nice if Sony would come out one way or another. You know, I mean, even if they come out and admit it, I'm not going to look, you know, look bad on Sony. I mean, if you come out and go, hey, they're they're right. It's a very isolated incident, but it can happen. I think it would it, it would do the community good instead of just sitting back and not saying nothing and then wait until it becomes a big problem and then come out and try to address it. For me, get ahead of the curve. But, yeah, I'm... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, mine went flat or mine went horizontal, which dis- which is disappointing. I liked it vertical. Yeah, and my my thing is I I did try to put it horizontal one time because I you know uh, when I went to work and brought my PS5, um, just for you know shits and giggles I tried to put it ho- uh, horizontal, and to me I never could get the stand you know the stand that it comes with I never could get it to sit where it didn't wobble. Oh really? So I, I, I was able to slide it in the first time. Maybe maybe I'm just putting it wrong because I I didn't look it up. I was I was at work and I was oh, just like, so uh, let let me so, see how I can put the stand on here and it it wobbled. I was like, you know what? At least vertically, it's standing up. And, so, and you don't even need to stand to keep it vertical. So let let me tell you real quick then. So <laughs> when you when you flip it horizontal, okay. Now now this is with mine. I have the disc drive one, so it might be different for the non disc drive one. But you you take your horizontal, you take your stand. And you reconfigure it, okay? So you spin it almost a quarter of a turn, whichever way it'll spin, right? Okay, and then you take it and you the the PlayStation logo, at least for me, was in the back right corner. So from that position, you should look at the bottom fin of your five, and there should be uh, a stretch of oh I don't know three inches, maybe four inches of the cross square circle triangle logos across the bottom fin you're supposed to put the stand in at that section and kind of lock the, the fins that would help hold it vertical you lock those fins into that bottom fin at that area of the symbols but like i said that's with mine disk drive i don't know if the non-disk drive is the same or not. I just Googled how to set five vertical and this video popped up and it's like, here, you just do this. And I'm like, wow, it's that simple. It, you mean to, how to set it horizontal? Yeah. Or sorry, how to set, how to, how to set it horizontal. Yeah, yeah. And it was like a one minute video and I'm like, oh, wow. And yeah, sure enough, it was that easy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rick wants to know, did Yield just call X cross? Yeah, I did. Well, technically, that's the official term. That's so. the official term. I was being official, Rick. He says, I know that's what somebody says it's called, but they're wrong. <laughs> I don't disagree with you. I call it the X button. Um, Yeah, so I'd rather be safe than sorry. Just lay horizontal. Don't uh, don't keep it vertical. That's what I did. Um, Next topic we have coming from IGN and written by Ryan Dinsdale. Sony has announced that the PlayStation 5 console has now surpassed more than 30 million units sold and that the console shortage is now essentially over. Sony Interactive Entertainment President Jim Ryan, as Daryl likes to call him, the franchise, revealed the new figure at Sony's CES Tech Conference, a number which is up 5 million from the 25 million figure he revealed two months previously on November 1st. 
Quote, we truly appreciate the support and patience of the PlayStation community as we manage unprecedented demand and amid global challenges over the last two years. End quote. Uh, he then goes on to say, the PS5 supply improved towards the end of the year, and I'm happy to share that December was the biggest month ever for PlayStation 5 console sales and that they've now sold over 30 million units to consumers worldwide. Uh, end quote. Confident that the supply issues are now solved completely, Ryan added, Quote, everyone who wants a PS5 should have a much easier time finding one at a retailer globally, starting from this point forward, end quote. Uh, so that's good news for everybody that wants a PS5. Seem to be out in the wild. Uh, but I guess time will tell if that uh, comes true because, you know, scalpers are still going to try. Uh, Alex, any comments on the 30 million sold? I mean, no, not really. I still haven't seen one in the wild. Um, I had a friend who was able to pick one up last week. He um, he, you know, plays games with his three kids, so they needed a couple PS5s in the house to so the people could play with each other. You know, the people could play on different consoles and play whatever they wanted. So he was able to find one seemingly easy enough. Uh, he had to go to a couple stores, but it doesn't seem like it's as hard to get one these days. Still, you don't necessarily just see him out in the wild. So we're not at that point yet. But the fact that there are 30 million out there, hopefully, that Sony has. Uh, I think Jim Ryan said that they, the shortage is now over. It would like to see that come to fruition to where if you walk into a, a, a Target on a given day, you can see a PlayStation, at least one PlayStation in there that you can buy if you want one. So I don't think we're to that point yet, but hopefully Jim Ryan's statement comes to fruition and you know we are past the point where you have to look online for days to be able to find out when they're going to get shipments at a certain store and then be there on that day. Um because people would just like to be able to go into a, a store and buy your damn video game console. So, good number to hear. I don't know how it compares to other consoles, but quite frankly, maybe we need to get out of the habit of comparing them to, say, the PS2 or the PS3 or whatever, or the Switch or the Xbox or whatever. Um, but a solid number, maybe, you know, without context, kind of difficult to comment on it, but, you know, maybe we should get away from comparing it to everything else. Maybe that's just, you know... What comparison, I can't remember the quote, but uh, comparing yourself or, you know, to other things that other people doesn't always, isn't always good for you. It's not healthy. It can, you know, lead to a lot of unhappiness. So, you know, good for Sony, good for the PlayStation 5. I just, more than the sales numbers, I just hope they get more out there so that anyone who wants to buy one can't get one. All right, yield? Well, I kind of what Alex was saying. If I, until I see one in the wild, this is all just talk in a sense of, Hey, the shortage is over. I mean, I, I, I've seen more emails and stuff on social media about, you know, GameStop and other places. Hey, we're getting shipments in and yada, yada. And, it, and that's good that there's 25 million out there. Now, I would like to say how many of those are actually in the hands of people and not still, you know, being uh, scalped. But, yeah, until I start, until I can walk into my Walmart or Target or whatever and go, look, there's a couple of PS5s in the case. It's it's all just a rumor, man. Ha- happy right. thoughts and well wishes. Uh, Alex, I know you said you don't want to compare, but I did a quick Google search. Uh, according to VGCharts.com, in the last 12 months, the PlayStation 4 has outsold the PS5 by 3.8 million units. The PS4 is currently ahead of the PS5 by 4.11 million units. 
Uh, the PS5 has sold 27.56 million units in 25 months, while the PS4 sold tw- uh, 31.67 million. Now, obviously, this is uh, uh, based back in November, and as the article just said, uh, this number is up 5 million from what uh, Jim Ryan said a month ago. So, uh, just, just in comparison. I mean, it's it's in the ballpark, but again, this has been an unprecedented generation with COVID and, you know, supply issues. So, I, I honestly, would the PS5 sell have impressive, more impressive numbers if they were, like, able to produce as many as people wanted to buy? Absolutely. Um, but, you know, I think the key is just getting them out to, in the hands of people, not necessarily worried about the statistics and how they compare because I think the PS5 would be beating some of these other consoles if it had the chance but different situation, different time um, but as long as Sony's just getting them out there, that's what's key Alright uh, moving on to our next article it was written by Logan Plant over at IGN PlayStation has revealed a brand new accessibility controller kit in development for the PlayStation 5 and its code name is Project Leonardo Revealed on the stage at CES 2023 and later detailed in the PlayStation blog, Project Leonardo is designed to, quote, remove barriers to gaming and help players with disabilities play more easily and more comfortably and for longer periods on the PS5. That's an end quote. Sony said the new controller was developed with contributions from accessibility experts, community members, and game developers. Project Leonardo includes a kit of swappable components, including a variety of analog stick caps and buttons in different shapes and sizes. On the PS5, players will be able to customize their gaming experience with the button mapping, where the controller's buttons can be mapped to support any supported function on the controller. And players can map up to two functions onto the same button. The PlayStation 5 will also include up to three controller profiles where players can store the preferred settings and easily switch between them. Uh, Project Leonardo can be used on its own or paired with an additional Project Leonardo or DualSense controller. It's also designed to be compatible with external third-party devices via its four 3.5mm aux points. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw what this controller looks like. But I do appreciate Sony uh, stepping up their game and making something like this. Uh, Yield, will go to you first. Well, uh, now that I've heard an article about it, all I saw was the pictures. And the first thing that went through my mind was, what the hell is this? But now yeah. it makes sense. Well, now that it makes sense that it's, it's, it's trying to be an accessible for the gamers with disabilities. Oh, okay. Well, then that's pretty cool. But when, when, I, you, when you just see a picture, you know, Sony's tweet, when you just see that picture and introducing Project Leonardo with customizable this and that, I'm like, why? We don't, we don't need that. But then when you read the article and you see why it's who it's, who it's shopped to, it's like, oh, well then by all means. All right, uh, Alex? Yeah, a little bit of a different comparison here, but when, you know, at work, um, you know, at Whole Foods, we have a number of different yogurt options for people to purchase. And you have people who come in and they complain about the number of choices that can be made. Um, choice is not a bad thing, obviously. Um, but, you know, I think in my head whenever people complain about this, because sometimes with some people, it's like they want to have one yogurt option that they can just buy and then that makes their life so much easier. But it's like, you know, there are different flavors of yogurts. There are different types of yogurts because everyone has different dietary needs. There is a wide range of needs for people these days. And this wall gives them options when it comes to buy in and make their food selections. Same thing, a little different, yes, but it's kind of the same concept with the controller in that, you know, 
we may not need anything other than the, the DualSense that comes packed in with the PlayStation 5, but there are people out there. You know, Sony is trying to expand gaming to more people, as other companies are doing, but when it comes to the platform holders, Nintendo and Microsoft and Sony, I think Sony seems to be doing the best job at this because you see it in their games and the options for accessibility in, like, Horizon Forbidden West, in God of War Ragnarok, which God of War Ragnarok actually won the award for that at Game Awards, but you see Sony as a continuation of not just in their games, but also in their controllers, making games more accessible to other people. That is fantastic. So while I may not necessarily need this controller, somebody out there may give them the opportunity to play games when they didn't have the opportunity, or it may make their gameplay experience that much better because it's it's a better fit for what they're capable of. And uh, that's a good thing. Like opening up accessibility to other people is a good thing. And, and it's worth noting, Xbox it is coming out with their own adaptive controller for the same thing. Um, so, I mean, obviously, you know, both industries and, or, excuse me, both console manufacturers are stepping up the games to make sure everybody can be included, and that's never a bad thing. So, all right, moving on to our next topic. Uh, this one's a little confusing to me. Uh Oh, Rick says Xbox One has been out for years. I I thought it was still on being developed. I apologize if it's been out for years. Uh, okay, this is coming from Ryan Dinsdale over at IGN. Uh, Hitman 3 is re- being rebranded as Hitman World of Assassination with the entire trilogy's content being streamlined and packaged into one game. Announced in a blog post from developer IO Interactive, World of Assassination will become the only modern Hitman game available to purchase as of January 26th, as Hitman 1 and 2 are both being removed from storefronts. Those who already own Hitman 3 will get an upgrade to the new game for free. If you don't already own Hitman 3 on PC or Steam Deck, for which it's verified, and want to get the new package cheap, it's currently 65% off in the Steam Winter Sale. World of Assassination will otherwise cost around $70 and includes what was previously known as Hitman 1 Game of the Year Access Pass, which is essentially all the content from the original game, Hitman 2 Standard Access Pass, all the main content from the second game, and the Hitman 3 Base Game. An additional World of Assassin's Deluxe Packs can be purchased for $30, which adds the remaining bits of DLC included in the Hitman 3 Deluxe Package, the Hitman 3 Seven Deadly Sins Collection, and the Hitman 2 Expansion Access Pass. Those who already own this content won't have to pay anything extra for the rebranded game, and those who own some but not all of the content will be able to purchase the remaining pieces individually, similarly to how it works currently. Players who've purchased Hitman 1 or 2 will also be able to access and play the games despite their removal from the storefronts. So, uh, Alex, we'll go to you first. Is this a smart move by IO to basically remove 1 and 2, repackage it with 3, and sell it as a complete package? So, if, well... Are people, say, who bought Hitman 1 or 2, and they just bought either both those games or just one of those games, can they still download it from stores? No. Well, yes, if they own it already, they if can They still they have can access to it. it, yeah. You're just not going to be able to purchase well, it. Well, because typically, if you buy something from a digital store, even if it's removed, that content is removed for other people to purchase new, you can still go back in and re-download it because you've purchased the license, Correct. 
Correct. Correct. Which is the big concern because it's like, hey, you're moving the stuff from the store. Can I still, if I, you know, delete it from my console, can I still download it? It is, I mean, taking consideration saying, hey, if you've already bought all the content, you have to buy it again or you have to be ready by the license or if you bought some of the content, you only have to pay for what you don't have. What you don't have. I guess making things simpler is better. But then you've also got the situation where people are like, I just want to play one of the games to see if I like it. I don't necessarily want to buy the whole package. What was the cost of the entire package? Seventy dollars. I mean, that is the cost of a regular of, of a, a MSRP game or retail game these days. Well, not just retail, yes. but on the store. Yeah, but let me cut you off a second. The reason I asked this question is, say, you don't want Hitman Three. You just want to buy. Uh, Hitman 1, which at this point has been out for years and it's probably heavily discounted and you could probably get it for the cheap. Now you're being forced to pay $70 for that game. Now, granted, you're going to get a lot more content with that $70, but you're not just going to be able to piecemeal and say, I just want Hitman 1. Well, you can. You just won't be able to do it digitally. But let me ask, like, as we go on with digital sales and these stores get more and more stockpiled with more and more games, do we not think this is going to become something that more and more people do to try to lessen how much stuff is on these digital stores? Like the back catalog that's on these digital stores is going to become so massive at some point. Do we not expect more people to do this? Like you have to buy all of the Uncharted's in one. I mean, maybe not, but. Now see, Alex, I I was going to say that same thing. Is this kind of not Uncharted? Territory, excuse the pun, that that this is the first time that we've kind of seen a developer do something like this. And while it feels odd to me, I also don't disagree with it in the sense of they're just going to combine all three games. Because I know that I, I kind of, I've got a buddy of mine, big Hitman fan. I kind of follow it. I picked one up. I think I might have picked the first one up on the cheap. I just haven't gotten to it. Um... But I know that when 2 came out, they made a lot of the missions from 1 available on 2, and they've done the same on 3. So I'm not like, when I when Tricky was reading this, to me it was like, oh, this makes sense from this group because of how they've just kind of kept all the games involved with the next iteration of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm, I mean... Again, no pun intended, but this is uncharted territory because normally when we get something like this, they turn around and say, like, with the Uncharted games, um, we got in the Nathan Drake collection, and that was a collection of all the games, um, one, two, and three, but you could still go piecemeal and buy one, two, or three from the digital store. They didn't get removed from the store. This is them removing those games and saying... You can no longer just buy one. You have to buy three, and we'll give you one and two included into it. Which I, I understand, and you know, Alex has a kind of point. Like you know, we we're gonna have to reduce what's on the digital storefront. But uh, as a, a, one of you guys said, I don't remember who it was, and Rick in the chat just said, "Just buy the disc." Well, see, that's what yeah. I was saying when tri- when when Tricky was was like, you can't piecemeal it. No, you can still physically go piecemeal it. And then now now that'll make the physical copies uh, valuable is not really the right word. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not a keepsake, but a, 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 not an eye catcher. But you, you get what I'm item? saying. It, 
in a sense, in a sense, a collector's item, a hot topic or a hot item, I guess, is what the physical copies are now going to be because you you can't piecemeal it. So now people are going to be like, well, you know, I just want two. I I didn't enjoy one or three or yada yada. So, right. But I mean, I get your, I get your point, Ricky, in that they're now forcing you to buy all three games instead of just one. And who knows? Maybe you've never played a Hitman game and you just want to try one, and you could get the first Hitman cheaper. And well, that's the thing is you, you, we talk about physical stores. Like one, you can't just walk into a Target or a Best Buy and find one because the selection's not there anymore. Maybe a GameStop, but even if you go into a, like one of these like collector stores that have retro games, you may not necessarily be able to find it there. Maybe on eBay, but like that well is drying up. There are still a lot of people that like retro gaming and still want to go out and shop for games. You know, you can go to different conventions, different cons, or you can go to different online stores. But for everybody who wants to just maybe buy the original Hitman, you may not be able to find it. Or it might be a hard find these days. And like Yield said, with them not being able to purchase those from a digital store anymore, price might go up. So you may have to pay more than you necessarily would have before. Um, That's also very true. Not, not a great... I mean, so I understand that yeah, hey, maybe we got to clean up how much is on the digital storefront, but this is also something the game makers need to be aware of so that they're like, hey, let's completely get digital out of retail, or let's get compl- uh, retail to dry up so nobody can buy discs anymore at, at like Target and Best Buy and then force them into digital. And later on down the road, it's like, oh, wait, we got to, well, you can't buy this game anymore. You got to buy it's a trilogy, so you got to buy the entire trilogy instead of the one game. So people need to be thinking about these things before we start moving further. Agreed. All right. Uh, okay. I'm just trying to keep track of everything here. All right. Last topic we have before we go into our topic of the week. Uh, I'm sorry, boys, but we uh, we have to address the do, merger do, again. Do we? Do we? We have to. <laughs> did, did my hey? Did Microsoft admit defeat? Kinda. Kinda. <laughs> okay. Because because unless it was. Like like somebody throwing up the white flag. I just just like, just go to the topic of the week. All right, I'll, I'll try to make this as painless as possible. Okay, this thank is you. Co- this is coming from ArsTechnica.com and is written by Kevin Purdy. Uh, Microsoft has amended its response to the FTC's suit, trying to halt a $69 billion purchase of Activision Blizzard, no longer claiming the FTC is unconstitutional by nature and denying the company its Fifth Amendment rights. <laughs> David Cuddy, public affairs spokesperson for Microsoft, told Axios Stephen Toledo that the company, quote, put all potential arguments on the table internally and should have dropped these defenses before we filed. The FTC has an important mission to protect our competition and consumers, and we quickly updated our response to omit language suggesting otherwise based on the Constitution, end quote. Microsoft's original FTC commission response stated that the proceedings against Microsoft were invalid, quote, because the structure of the commission as an independent agency that wields significant executive power and the associated constraints on removal of the commissioners and other commission officials violates Article 2 of the U.S. Constitution and the separation of powers. Uh, Another point claimed that the use of administrative law judge the use of an administrative law judge rather than a typical judge with a lifetime appointment was a violation of Article 3. Building on those claims, Microsoft had claimed that the FTC's procedures and the nature of its administrative proceedings and the commission having uh, perpetually, quote, prejudged the merits, end quote, of its case. Microsoft writes 
due to due process under the Fifth Amendment were violated. Uh, so that's all I'm going to go into this. But Microsoft, it sounds like they're not arguing with the FTC anymore and just letting it go through. With that being said, that's where we're going to keep this conversation limited to. Yield, I'll go to you first. I'm totally lost at what they were saying. That was a lot of big words. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I, I need it dumped down for us dumb people. Okay, simplified. When the FTC stepped in and said that they were going to investigate the merger. Okay. My, Microsoft responded saying that the FTC didn't have a leg to stand on because what they were doing was violating their rights under the Constitution. Okay. They're now reworded and saying that they were wrong, that the FTC has a duty to do this, and that they were wrong for going against the FTC and making their comments publicly saying the FTC should not be doing this. Huh, okay. So hearing it that way almost makes it sound like to me, and maybe this is just me being the conspiracy guy that I am, that it almost sounds to me like they think they're going to lose. So now we, we're going to buddy-buddy up to the FTC by going, oh, our bad, you guys go do your job. We stand behind you. All right. Maybe, right. maybe I'm looking at it wrong. I don't disagree with you, Alex. I don't necessarily know it's that, but I think, I mean, if you if you spell bullshit, call bullshit. But I don't know if saying to the FTC, FTC, hey, this is unconstitutional. I don't know if that was necessarily the smartest move by them. I because to me, that's going to make the FTC look harder. I mean, I would if somebody tells me, oh, you don't have a right to be here. Oh, so now you're hiding something. I need to look even harder. Uh, Latin Legacies in the chat saying he's come to see the skill, so boys, don't let me down. Let's show him the skill. We've uh, already blown our load there, Latin Legacy. We've we've shown the skill. We already read our trophies off, so there's the skill for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I I don't fully agree with the yield, but this does sound like they like they know something. It's like. All right, we have to stop fighting this because the FTC is going to go against us. So let's uh, let's let's be buddies with them now, so you know we can potentially have this go. I don't know. I don't, let's quit. Let's quit rocking the boat. I don't know if they're trying to like play nice or whatever, but I think that maybe they realize that I'm sure that Microsoft is tired of fighting this. They're real tired of it, and maybe they realize that the unconstitutional thing was a little bit too far, and they're like, hey, you know what? We went too far with that. We apologize. Um, we're, we're obviously going to cooperate with everything and we're, you know, any questions there that are concerns there are, we will ha- be happy to address them. But I think they just realized they went a little bit too far by with the unconstitutional thing. Um, All right, hold and on. that could be too. All right, hold on one second. Test, test, test. Uh, Latin Legacy are, said the audio levels were off. I think I might have raised my volume by accident. All right, so hopefully this is all fixed. Um, yeah, all right, get back to the conversation. I, I just... I. I I'm I'm gonna agree with you guys and saying that I, I'm fucking tired of talking about this merger already. Like, it, it, something's got to happen either way. Pass it either, or shoot it down. Yeah, it's the the more. I I think the reason why we keep talking about it is because it keeps popping up in the news, and I think the reason it keeps popping up in the news is because it's such a monumental merger that it, it, it's. It, it could it, have it, it could have major implications in the game. Correct. And I think that we need to like address that, but at the same time I'm like I'm okay. tired of talking about it. 
this is enough legal talk. Let's get to the facts. And is this going to go through? Is this not going to go through? And that's where I stand at this point. So, all right. So at this point, uh, we'd go to our listener questions. Um, hold on. Latin Legacy says, uh, the merger is going to go through, but this is normal for any merger where the amount being spent is that high. It's just being noticed more since it's in the field you guys are a part of. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I would agree with that. And But I don't understand is if Microsoft is willing to offer these contracts for so number of years with Microsoft and with, or with Sony and Nintendo on the specific game, it seems to be the biggest concern because really no one's saying they're going to have, you know, full, they're like they're going to have Starfield Disney exclusive. We can't have that. Or, you know, any other of uh, Activision's games, they're not saying, Oh wow. It's going to be exclusive to them. Or like, you know, maybe we'll never get a PS3. Wow. Or a PlayStation. Wow. Which may never get in any way. It may just be a PC thing forever. Um, but every, it, it's all centered on call of duty, at least for Sony. And I would think by now, you have, you know, Sony's not even arguing Candy Crush, and Nintendo's not even arguing at all. By now, they should have more than enough evidence, and you know, to look through this and approve it, yay or nay, because it's been going on for it may be standard, but my God, it's coming on to a year. Because by the end of last January, we had had acquisition, this acquisition had come up, and also Sony's acquisition of Bungie that's coming to the year anniversary. So by now, do we not have enough evidence to pass this or knock it down? I just It'd be nice if this could happen a little faster. All right. Uh, at this point is when we go to social media, but we didn't get any questions, but that doesn't mean that we can't. Time to check my social media, yeah. All right. And I did not hear from Sid, so I don't know if we're going to have a Sophie's Trophies. But if As a matter do, of I'm... fact, that's what I was doing. What's that? I was checking my social media. Uh, okay so oh oh, we have a question from Rick we have a question Uh, from Rick alright lay it on us it's in the chat Uh, well you have to read it I don't see the chat I know know. Uh, three Super Nintendo games that you would like a platinum for Uh, three Super Nintendo games uh uh, so, let, so 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 let me ask Rick: Are are they remaster? If are they remastering the, remastering these then, or just the Super Nintendo had trophies? I, I'm I'm assuming, and I wait for his response. Um, I'm I would say that he's saying if Super Nintendo had trophies, which three games would you like to go for the platinum for? Oh damn! Uh, off the top of my head, the first one would be Chrono Trigger. I got to think of the other. The, the other two. Uh, Gold 9. Don't one out and say Link to the Past. And Ocarina of Time. That's 64 game. Oh, that's 64. Link Link to the Past was the SNES one. Okay. I Yeah. Link Link to the Past. Uh, Alice, you have any answers? Chrono Trigger. Sorry, Gold 9 was in 64. Uh, one more super. Go ahead, Alex. I'm, I'm thinking. Super Punch Out. I would love to have a platinum trophy for Super Punch Out. Um, I would, and that would, you know, involve not only beating the game, beating all the boxers, but probably some kind of time trial stuff. Because like, you go online and you look at some of the world records for beating some of those boxers by some people, where they know like the tricks 
to knock him out quickly is pretty damn incredible. I know that they had the Mega Man X collect Mega Man X Legacy Collection. Well, Mega Man the one and two. Uh, and this game is part of the first collection. So I have the Mega Man X Legacy Collection 1, the Platinum Trophy for that. So this game is included in that, but I still would like to have a standalone Platinum Trophy for Mega Man X because that is my... I would like to have a trophy just for beating all the Mavericks because I love... like the Mega Man X is my favorite Mega Man... I, well, I don't know. It, it, I love 3. 3 is probably my favorite Mega Man, but Mega Man X is the best Mega Man game, bar none. And I would just love to have different trophies, even just bronzes for beating all the Mavericks because I love those Mavericks, those eight specific ones. And then lastly... It's going to be probably between, I kind of want to say Donkey Kong Country, but also I love Super Mario World. I would love to have a Platinum Trophy for beating Super Mario World. So, Donkey Kong Country, Super Mario World. I'll go with Super Mario World, because um, I do love that. But, um, oh, well, no, Turtles in Time. Uh, I, I, I was surprised you didn't say that. Well, it kind of falls start. in the same category as Mega Man X. Um. Yeah, I'll say Super Mario World because, again, uh, Turtles in Time is part of a collection, and yet it falls in the same category as Mega Man X. But if you had to say, "Hey, Alex, would you rather would you rather have never played Mega Man X or never played Turtles in Time?" I'd have to say I would rather have never played Turtles in Time and actually have played Mega Man X because I just like Mega Man X that much. So, because one of those games is in a collection, I'm gonna go with two. Uh, I'm gonna go with Mega Man X and then two. Nintendo games being Super Punch-Out and Super Mario World that have never had platinum trophies. So I'd like a platinum trophy for those. Uh, is somebody watching the cooking channel? No. Did someone just yell, bam? Uh, I don't know. In, in the chat, uh, someone says they have a live mic while they're watching something. Uh, Ashley says there's a ton of background audio. And then, uh, 8-Bit says, whoever's watching the cooking channel, can you stop, please? Did our feed get hacked? I don't know. Hold on. Let me bring up the Twitch you. I'm going to mute my mic for a second. Okay. Because I'm just here by myself. Yeah. Let let us know. I'm not watching the cooking channel, so can't be me. You know, I think it's going to be a toss-up between Super Return of the Jedi or Mario Kart. Okay, it was me. For some reason, Blue Blood started playing in the background. Ah, okay. Mystery solved. Uh, I, I apologize. Oh. Well, make sure make sure it's not still playing, because Ashley says it's still playing. Oh, on Twitch stream is gone now. Uh, the echo should go away in a second. Okay. Think we're good? Uh, are we good now, guys? Rick says, so professional, what episode are you guys up to now? We're on episode 554. I, I apologize. Uh, it was Blue Bloods. Uh, I've been watching Blue Bloods on Hulu, and for some reason it started, and I don't know why. All right, we're good now. Uh, all right. I don't know where we were because I just got frazzled. Uh, some comments You're, from the chat. I was going to say, your three Super Nintendo games you'd like a platinum trophy for. You said Link to the Past, but there's got to be more than that. L- Link to the Past. Um... Final Fantasy 3? I think that was on SES, right? Isn't that Final Fantasy 6? Like, the weird... The, it's different. That's that's the Japanese... J- Final Fantasy 3 here, I think, was Japanese... Uh, Final Fantasy 6 in Japan. Okay. Uh, now my audio is cutting in and out. Is is this working now? 
I mean, you sound good for us. Yeah, I don't... Uh, yeah, okay, so Final Fantasy 3, uh, A Link to the Past, <sighs> I don't know. You know, I'm going through a list of Super Nintendo games, and I did not realize Sunset Riders is on the Super Nintendo. I thought that was I, a Genesis you know, thing I, only. I, I'm actually hooking up, uh... Super Nintendo games right now, like the the top games. So yeah, I do. Oh, I like Sunset Riders too. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my answers, but you know, if you had a platinum uh, trophy for the Lion King on Super Nintendo, that'd be pretty impressive because those games are you know maniacally hard. Those Disney games on the SNES, so that would just be a flex right there. Killer Instinct. I'll go with Killer Instinct. All right. Actually, hold on, hold on. Uh, some... Can I change my Can I change my answer? Yes, you can change your answer. Uh, since I, since Mega Man X is already part of the Legacy Club, well, no, I can't do that because I was going to say Super Castlevania. Castlevania is part of the Castlevania Anniversary Collection. I'll stick. I'll stick with the ones I got: Super Punch Out, Super Mario World, and Mega Man X. Those are mine. All right. So some comments from the chat. Uh, Latin Legacy says Super Mario RPG, Donkey Kong Country, and Star Fox. Oh, I forgot about Star Fox. But anyway, I said what I said. Skins says Super Mario World, Mario Kart, and Aladdin. Yeah, because Aladdin would be a serious flex because those games, again, are really hard. Ashley said that uh, she's disappointed no one said Beavis and Butthead. I, li- I played the Beavis and Butthead game on Genesis. I did not play the SNES, but they were not particularly good games, as I remember. Uh, Rick says Sunset Riders is one one of the only games better on the SNES versus the Mega Drive. The Mega Drive for us was the Genesis, right? Or is that two different consoles? He was Mega Drive in Japan, Genesis here. Okay. Because, I mean, was you uh, had, like, the Famicom. Um, that was... What was the Famicom? Because that was not what we had here. Famicom was the... Why not the Japanese NES? That was, yeah, the Japanese NES. All right, um... 8-Bit says, uh, not a Super Nintendo game, but Bloody Roar would get a platinum would be cool. You know, I wish those games, um, I had the, the, uh, I had the GameCube 1 Primal Fury, and then I had the original game on the PlayStation, which I'm sure actually might be worth a little bit of money these days if I still had it. You know, a fantastic concept, I just wish those games were, they were not as good as their counterparts during that time, and I wish that series was still alive, and I wish those games were better, because a fun concept, cool characters, but they weren't as good as the other games at the time, like your Tekkens. They just weren't as good. All right. Uh, Rick says, good answers. Uh, Alex over th- overthinks his, his always. It's well, great. You know what, Rick? That's what you get with me. I'm trying. It, it, it's then, a good question. I want to I ruminate on everything before I give you my final answers. And then Ashley says, don't be a game snob, Alex. How am I being a game snob? <laughs> All right. Uh, and then we had a question from uh, 8-Bit. Uh, in all this mess, uh, it says putting aside Rat Platts, which is not going to apply in this question because none of us played a Rat Plat last year. What was the er- what was well, your guys' and I didn't easiest play any Rat Plats last year? Yeah, I didn't play. I didn't play it either. Uh, what was your guys' easiest plat from last year, and also what was your hardest? Hold on, let me go to the PlayStation app. Because I, I, I have to take a picture of the games I beat last year. 
This is see. This uh, is what the PlayStation app is extremely useful for. I'm I'm looking up my platform last year. It's only got six, I think. So I said Concrete Genie. But I was thinking Concrete Genie, but that was 2021 because I beat Concrete Genie and got the platinum in like eight hours or like in a single day. So that was, but it wasn't. That wasn't last year. I mean, I guess my easiest one last year would have probably been Astro's Playroom. All right, I I I think I got that one in twenty one, but and then the one I'm the most proud of, uh, probably just cost three of the ones that I earned, only because of the headache I had to do to go back through and the grind. That it takes to get it. Okay, so I platted four games last year. Rookie. Uh, I platted Gotham Knights, The Last of Us Part 1, Forbidden West, and Ghost of Shishiba. Wow. Pick a shameful one out of those. <laughs> I'll try to think which one was the easiest one. I think the easiest one would have been The Last of Us just because I, I know that game so well. And I'm going to say Forbidden West was my hardest one, even though it wasn't really that hard. Um, I would say It Takes Two because that game is very fun, very good game, but it's also, its trophies aren't hard. It's just you have to go back and find all the mini games, which is, you know, can be a little annoying. Um, but... I'll go with KO Kangaroo as my easiest platinum. And then my most difficult, I will say, uh, I don't think anyone from last year was particularly difficult. I will say it's got to be either Kena Bridge of Spirits because of the Master difficulty um, or God of War Ragnarok because of, I mean, but they don't really, God of War Ragnarok, they don't specify how you have to beat the Valkyrie Queen or the Berserker King. So you can beat those on the easiest setting, so... Because of the master difficulty in Kena, I'll have to say the Kena Bridge of Spirits was the most difficult platinum trophy. Ooh, wait, I got I had another platinum last year. I had uh Detroit Become Human. Nah, I'm gonna leave my answers with the or. Now let me add to this because uh, I was gonna say, which is your most proud proud platinum from last year? Not your most difficult, your most you the one you're most proud of. Hmm. I'm going to say Detroit. Detroit was my most proud one because that I, I wrapped that one up after four years. So it would it would up, you know, just cause three would be up there, but probably Raymond Legends. That's a good answer, too. Because uh, because that the 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 commitment to get that to go back and get your awesome level to 11 after you beat the game is a legit commitment. I, I feel. So, all right. Uh, I have a comment from the chat. Um, Ashley says the only plat I got last year was it takes two because Alex forced me so he could get it. This is true. Relationship goals. <laughs> and then Rick says those five platinums tricky got are worth more than the 262 you got last week. By a large margin. Horizon's worth Agreed. more than that on its own. <laughs> um, no, so for me, like my proudest ones, 
are the three PlayStation 3 games I went back and got last year, Darksiders 2, Eco, and Shovel Knight. I think that, though, the one I would have to go is nerve-wracking as the Castle Guide tro- uh, speedrun for Eco was. I'm going to have to say my proudest from last year, last year had to be ca- um, Shovel Knight. Because I that's a Platinum Trophy I never, ever thought I could get. Because not only the difficulty of the game, but also just, you know... Um, you can't. You have to get through the game without falling in a pit. You have to speed run the game. I think it, it's it, is it under an hour and a half, under an hour and a half, two hours. I don't know, but there's a speed run you have to do, and I just never thought I could get it, and I did. And so, Shovel Knight has to be the one I'm most proud of from last year. All right. Uh, I'm sorry, Yield. Did you give your answers already? I I missed. I did. Okay. Um. All right. So, uh, Rick says. His easiest were Guns, Gore, and Cannoli 2. And his hardest and most fun was Slay the Spire. Uh, and then Rick says, didn't Alex do a crash game last year? So I did. I went. I had already gotten the Platinum Trophy from the Insane Trilogy, the first Crash Bandicoot game. Pa- crash, first Crash Bandicoot game. I already gotten the Platinum Trophy for that. It's just the, the only trophy I was missing was from the DLC and from the Stormy Ascent and doing the time uh, of the, um, the Relic Race on that. So... I was able to actually complete the relic run, and I think it was a gold trophy. So I, I I was only missing one trophy, but it was a DLC one, not a platinum trophy. But yes, I am very proud of that one as well. All right, all right, we're gonna move on to our topic of the week. Um, this is coming from Rebecca Valentine over at IGN. Uh, Tricky, oh, I have to ask you: Are you getting paid by these people? Uh, question from the chat before we move into our topic of the week. Uh, last question we'll take for the week. Uh, 8-Bit wants to know, out of the games we know are coming this year, what is the game or plat you're most looking forward to? Well, see, uh, I, I mean, off the top of my head, what what's, I mean, but the only one that I know off the top of my head, well, two. I'm getting, we were here forever at the end of the month. And obviously, I'm, I'll probably pick up Skull and Bones. But someone lay on me some of the other things releasing this year because I'm kind of at a blank. Okay, I'm going to do a rapid fire just to get through some of these. Uh, obviously, none, some of these are not going to be PlayStation games. Uh, Hogwarts, uh, Zelda, Diablo 4, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Final Fantasy 16, Forspoken, Street Fighter 6, Resident Evil 4, Fire Emblem Engage, Suicide Squad, Dead Island 2, Starfield, Skull and Bones, Assassin's Creed Mirage, Redfall, Sons of the Forest, Atomic Heart, One Piece Odyssey, uh, just skip it. Alan Wake 2, Horizon Call of the Mountain, Company of Heroes 3, uh, Baldur's Gate 3, Destiny 2 Lightfall, which is sounds like just DLC, The Day Before, which I'm interested in, Ark 2, Minecraft Legends, Stalker 2, uh, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, Aliens Dark Descent, Blood Bowl 3, uh, Payday 3, Crash Team Rumble, Meet Your Maker, uh, Dead Space, The Expanse, The Telltale Series, uh, Scars Above, and Kerbal Space Program 2. So, it, the, the games that I'm looking, probably the two that I'm looking forward to, is kind of a tie, because I don't, you don't know what you'll get with the second game yet. You're sure you'll get a good story. With uh, both the games I'm looking forward to and the Platinums I'm looking forward to getting for kind of two different reasons would be uh, We Were Here Forever and uh, Jedi Survivor. 
that we were here forever because of the co-op, you know, how you have to solve the puzzles together, and the first three We Were Here games were really fun. And then the Jedi Survivor, because uh, Fallen Order was way better than it had any business to be, so my expectation for this game is very high. As in, you, you need to set that president of Fallen Order or exceed it. If you don't, then to me it would be a failure. Okay, Alex? I will say to Yield that I think that they will surpass Jedi Fallen Order because as good as that game was at times, I think that people can all admit that there were problems and issues that they could easily remedy in a sequel. So I hope to respawn entertainment with as, you know, um, I'm trying to think as uh, veteran game developers that they are, I think that they would, I would hope that they would be able to take feedback from the first game and, and make it even better game in the second one. Well, I mean, I mean that's that's what you're supposed to do. So we'll fingers crossed. And also, I mean, even though Fallen Order covered Order sixty six, I think that Survivor's probably going to have a darker tone to it. And we don't always see the darkest of tones in Star Wars games. So um, hopefully, they can spin some magic out of that. What was I? Oh, oh. So yeah, easy answer for me because what I'm trying to do is get through Weird West and get the Black Trophy in that before January twenty seventh which, of course, is the release ba- release for the Dead Space remake from EA. So that's going to be the game that I'm most looking forward to and the Platinum Trophy that I want to get the most. You, you, I didn't think you were going to go back and play Dead Space. The remake? I mean, it's been forever since, what was it, 2010 when the first one came out? Um, no, I just, I just didn't think you were a Dead Space fan like that. Bro, I mean, you would, you bro. Would, uh... You serious? Well, he sings the praises of Dead Space 2. Well, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying, like... That's not a game he would play. It just it didn't it didn't seem like a game that you were ever hyped up for. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, really? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, you I guess you must not talking. listen very well. You got, uh, you got to open right, your ears comments. and shut your mouth a few times, Tricky Mick, and maybe you'll you'll pick up on what I'm cooking. Some some comments from the chat. Uh, Rick says Dead Space. Eight uh, Bit says Jedi Survivor. He's going through the first game now and is really enjoying it. Uh, Rick says uh, Dead Space is a good choice. He says, yeah, but it's EA. Better map DLC, fast travel, only 99 cents each time you use it. Uh, <laughs> That's a good one, Rick. Skin says Jedi, Sons of the Forest, Harry Potter, and Ark 2. And Rick says uh, Dead Space is Game of the Year. is calling it now. Um, and then 8-Bit says the Russian robot ballet Dark Souls game. Forgot the name. Also looks cool. Russian robot ballet Dark Souls game. So you can't remember the title of the game, but this this is how it's. I, that's how he's describing it. But well, I, yeah, yeah, that, that's how it's described. I don't remember what game that is. It sounds familiar, though. That's the. Well, it, it does kind of touch touch. Uh, is that uh, the uh, next from software game? Because I know that their next game was close to being done, despite you know, Elden Ring. I thought From Software was doing a. Not a Command and Conquer game. Oh, that's going to bug me. Uh, From Software. Hold on. Uh, Armored Core. That's what I'm thinking of. Armored Core. They're doing Armored Core 6. Um... Okay. Uh, Rick says Swan Lake of Blood. I guess that's the robot ballet Dark Souls game. 
Sounds like it, but I mean, the description gave you a better idea than the title, so maybe it was better that he just described it first. <laughs> I'm trying to... Uh, oh, no, Rick says that was a joke. Okay, I, I was actually trying to Google that to see if that's what it was. All right, we're moving on. We're going to go to our topic of the week. Uh, okay, Rebecca Valentine, IGN. The video game industry has lately had to face a difficult truth. Hardware and software prices are going up. In the last year, Ubisoft, Take-Two, Xbox, and Sony all formally announced a bump in prices from $60 to $70, and other AAA publishers such as Activision Blizzard, EA, Square Enix, and Warner Brothers have quietly followed suit with games like Call of Duty, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Final Fantasy XVI, and Gotham Knights. In hardware, the PlayStation 5 got a price bump earlier this year across a number of regions although its costs remain steady in the U.S. for now. So what's going on? Why are prices going up? And will they continue to rise in 2023? In short, yes. Game price increases are likely here to stay, but the answer, as always, is a bit more complicated than that. There are a lot of conflicting factors at play, from game price in history to inflation to the general games landscape, where consumers have wildly different perceptions about the value of $60 versus one priced at $20. So if you're concerned about the price increases or just want to know a little bit more about why you're paying $70 to begin with, with Redfall next year, it's worth getting to know a little bit more about the game's pricing landscape and what to expect in the year to come. All right, so I'm not going to read the whole article because the article is kind of long. Please go give it a click. We have talked, gentlemen, about price increases um, going from $60 to $70. A lot of people were upset. Um, as we pointed out in the past, Games were $70, $80, $90, $100 back in the SNES days. But we weren't paying those prices. I was. Well, I wasn't. My parents were. Okay. Oh, okay. Fair enough. That was the price of games back then. Whether who who's physically paying for it, uh, you know, that's not a factor. But we've always talked about game prices going up and obviously when they announced we were going from 60 to 70 dollars on some of these games there was an outcry and but overall and i know we've talked about this somewhat in the past before and alex i'll go to you first uh how do you feel about prices going up like do you feel like most games you play now are worth the 70 dollar price point i mean you look at a game like god of war like horizon forbidden west i mean absolutely i did i mean Let's be real. We're not going to have to pay $70 for every game we want to play. If you want to play a certain game at launch, yeah, you'll have to pay 70 But then I got, on a Black Friday sale, I got Weird West, Ghostbusters, the, re- the, uh, the video game, the remake on the PS4, Miles Morales, and Guardians of the Galaxy for like 67 bucks. All through all four of those games. So through sales, which there are plenty, and other things, you're not going to have to, you're, you're most often than not, if you can wait, you're not going to pay 70 bucks. But certain games, I mean, you look at all the awards that God of War Ragnarok won. You look at all the the awards that Horizon Forbidden West was considered for. You know, like a lot of these games, do I feel like $70, 10 extra bucks is worth paying? Sure. I think I get my money's worth. You know, what, it took me almost, oh God, I can't remember, but it was over 100 hours playing Forbidden West. And um, God of War Ragnarok was easily between 60 and 70 hours. So is that worth, you know, you know, when you think about entertainment value and what you would spend entertainment money on doing other things, I, I think it's it's still worth it. I don't think maybe seventy dollars. That's a dollar an hour. I uh, I don't want to cut you off, Alex, but Rick just actually said something very similar. He says, "Look at the price per hour and compare it to other media." 
But not only that, but an activity you would do, like going out and buying tickets for something. Yeah, or yeah, watching them go into the movie theater. Go to a movie theater, go to a show, go buy tickets to go watch WWE or something like that. Uh, Go to an amusement park, go to a zoo, go to an aquarium, and how much time you'll spend there. I mean, really, if you compare the stuff, um, or you compare, um, you know, how much money you spend uh, for comparable amount of time watching Netflix as opposed to playing a game for 60, 70 hours, is it going to level out? I don't know. To me, paying $60 and the advancement of the industry, and, you know, we want people to not have to go through crunch. We want people to get paid well. And this is all that comes with it, is having to pay more for games when there is mocap and actors are brought in, you know, not just voice actors, but people like Christopher Judge to play Kratos um, and do all the moves under mocap, to have orchestras and stuff hired to make the scores for these games. Um, you know, we expect a lot out of the games today, and this is all comes with paying for those games. You know, it's a bump in price, and, you know, Jeff has been on the show, Jeff Hanna has been on the show to talk about games who've been steady at price for a long time, and they've most recently gone up, and that's in response to what it takes to make a game these days. So I don't necessarily have a problem with how expensive games are. I mean, hell, I almost considered buying an $80 copy, $84 copy of Decong Racing in box at an old game store when I don't even have a Nintendo 64 to play it on anymore. I just would like to have that game in the box. So if I'm certainly willing to pay that for a retro game, for just a collection, I'm more than willing to pay that 70 bucks for a new game that I'll spend hours and hours on, a month or so on. All right. All right, Rick says he was agreeing with you in the chat. Uh, 8-Bit also said, prices for games going up sucks because no one wants to pay more for games, but it's a normal cost of progression in consumable products. The real kick is in the beanbag is the console price increase with no increase in power or ability. It- Agreed. Yield, I'll, yield, I'll throw it to you now. So, while it's annoying that it went up 10 bucks. I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I was annoyed by it. Um, hearing Jeff talk when we had him on the show, and Jeff laid it out as in, listen, it's been 60 bucks for how many years we've been spoiled by that, where in reality, it probably should have gone up 5 bucks every generation, you know? And when he explained it kind of like that, you're sitting here listening to him, and you're like, you know what, he's right. And so while a 10 buck increase sucks, I, I ain't going to lie, from a consumer standpoint, it was far time that an increase happened and they were a little behind the ball as what alex is saying the amount of time that they dump into a triple a game you know (laughs) and the the mocap the writing the orchestra the actors and actresses everything that goes into this it it makes sense you know It, it would be no different i guess than this monumental blockbuster movie hitting the theaters and instead of charging me I don't know what a movie ticket is now what we'll say 15 bucks am I wrong maybe 12 anyway yeah it depends on when you go and 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 say they jacked this movie's 20 and everybody's like what the heck but this movie ends up going out and winning movie of the year and winning all these Oscars and then that starts making breaking down the barriers and making the case of oh well movies like this should charge that it's it's annoying at the beginning, but if you can step back and look at the whole picture, it, it makes sense. And, and really, uh, I, I think when we look at all of our budgets, what's the thing that you spend, think you spend the most money on? Video games. 
You think you yeah, spend you, you think you spend more on video games than food? Well, I don't know. I don't look at that budget, but it, it would probably be <laughs> okay. Okay. You. Okay. Well, since you put it that way, <laughs> I guarantee that all of us, including most people in chat, spend the most money on food because food is fucking expensive and really expensive. All when right. We, when we see like weekly in cost, weekly like increase in the cost of food. You know, and I, I, you know, I work at a grocery store, so I see those increased, you know, like when I'm putting out the tags, that to me, video games, the increase in video games isn't something we should be upset about. It should be the, like the cost of food. Like that right there is, is a bigger hit to our wallets than anything. The, 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 the price of living in general. I mean, it wasn't just food. It was gas. Alex, how much is a dozen eggs in Whole Foods right now? Um, depends, but I mean... It's going to be, Ballpark. I mean, some of them, some of them cost, you know, around 10 bucks for like an eight, for like yeah. an 18 pack organic pasture raised, that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's going to be above three bucks for a 12 pack, a dozen of, of brown eggs um, for one of our cheapest ones. So I, I was in ShopRite two days ago and 12 eggs was $9.89. Okay, now you also have to take into consideration that you live in New York. So the bigger cities are going to cost way more than what it would for Alex, which would cost way more than me. No, well, not, not only that, but... To, 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 to put into perspective for people, I live in BFE, Ohio, and Alex lives in a bigger town in Kentucky... And Tricky lives in its own state. <laughs> you you chuckle, but New York is basically its own state within New York. Tell me I'm wrong. New York City is its own state. Cause okay, thank up, you. Anything upstate, Nate, uh, upstate New York is not New York anymore. It's Canada. But well, not not only yield brings up a good point, but also not only that. But I don't know if you guys have noticed, but there have been a shortage of eggs recently, and I'm sure that while we haven't raised our prices because of that. Egg availability in some places, I have heard around town that some stores have raised the price of their eggs because there's a shortage. So that also plays a factor into that. But All right. So, some comments from the chat. I don't mean to cut you off, Alex. Uh, I'm sure it, co it costs more for the components for a PS5. Oh, excuse me. He said, uh, Rick says he agrees with Ape and Armor. The uh, console developers should eat the cost of the console as they always have. He says, I'm sure it costs more for the components for a PS5 or a Series X than they are when they're released, but Sony and Microsoft can absolutely afford to eat the cost to not look like dicks. Uh, he also says energy prices are going through the roof over there. Latin Legacy, who's also from New York, says, I'm fine with the cost of gaming going up. I mean, I was dropping $70 on some SNES games when my hourly pay at that time for a summer job was $5.25 an hour. My mind was blown that people bitched about the cost of games going up when people are making more than that now. Then again, I'm from New York City. He can go clean up dog poop for like $20 an hour here, where Rick says, I will come clean up dog poop right now. He's checking flight prices. 8-Bit uh, says, it's actually the opposite, Red uh, Rick. As time progresses, the par most parts get cheaper due to bulk buying and smaller from, uh, smaller from redesign. Yes. Uh, Rick says, not in the current climate, I'd imagine. Um... Now, I, I only say this. I only read all that because we we've said many many times that when a Microsoft or Sony they release their consoles, they're always selling their consoles at a loss. 
Yeah, because they want to get as many units into a household. Right, because the they make more money off of off video soft, game sales off, off the, the software. software. Yeah, then and that's how they recoup, recoup their money. Now, with that being said, um, you know the chip shortages for the PS Five, um, and for the Series X and all that stuff, all that plays a factor into it all. Um, and it, I, I think a lot of gamers feel like Microsoft and Sony passed the cost off of that onto us. That I, I've read a couple of people saying that Sony could have released the, the PlayStation 5 at $400 for the disc version and $300 for the discless version, but they were passing the cost onto the consumers and the gamers, and that's why they had a problem paying four and $500 for the system, where Xbox came out with, I think it was $500 for the X, and I think it was 300 for the S. There was a more difference in, in the two. Um, so... I, I, I don't know how I feel about... Like, I don't care about games going up. And I'm not saying that because I'm, like, uh, in a privileged position where I have a good paying enough job where the $70 doesn't really... The, the $10 extra doesn't really affect me. But in this article, like it says, um, uh, an estimate back in 2017 made by Jason Schreier, uh, making a AAA video game cost then roughly about $10,000 per person per month. So game developers are spending close to $10 million a month to make a game. That's a lot of money. And that's not something to shake a stick at. Well, and you figure most uh, I, games don't was, sell. You know, some games will, but most games don't sell, you know. Uh, I'm trying to think. Well, and, and what you're thinking, Alex, not to cut you off. Back, back then, we can all say, because, you know, we grew up to that era that there were only certain games that caught fire back then. And, and a lot of games were, were, uh, if they weren't pimped out on like Nintendo power, there were a lot of games that were underground games that you heard through the grapevine or, or, or through friends of friends that have, if you had that many that played games, but you get what I'm saying. So it, I would say it was harder to make money back then because there was a there was kind of a plethora of games, but the 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 market games that I would find here in Ohio, Alex may not find in Kentucky, and Tricky may not find in New York. You know, whereas I think now, as you can see, with definitely with the online store. You can get any game anywhere, just about. So, it to me, it would be easier, even though there is a heck of a lot more games available now, to have the opportunity to make your money, where back then, it was a very big risk. Does that make any sense, what I just said? Yeah, but I, okay. I think I, I think when it comes to New York, just to, you know, uh, go on to your point a little bit, you're saying that, you know, a game there may not be available here. I mean... I'm not bragging or anything or in any way, shape, or form, but it could be argued right now that neither one of you guys would have a PS5 if it wasn't for them being available in New York compared to Kentucky oh. and Ohio. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's I mean, it, it's no lie. You hooked up me, Alex, and two of my buddies. Right. And it would have been a third if he hadn't already got his reserved on GameStop.com. 
So, I mean, you practically hooked up our my entire group. Right. So, I mean, it it, it goes to availability, and I, like, again, I'm not bragging, but I think when it comes to shortages like this and stuff like that, they tend to go to the bigger areas where they neglect areas like Bumfuck, Ohio. Absolutely. So, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's like, I, again, I don't care about the $10 increase. I, I, I see it as just the cost of doing business as we move on. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Rick says in the chat, this is why Square Enix can, can consider seemingly good selling games as a failure. Because that was two games they said what uh, they said uh, Guardians oh, of the Galaxy and Square and Tomb Raider were both failures. Um, he also well, said, all, all the the newest Guardians that you and Alex have played, right? Okay, I haven't. I got that for Christmas. I haven't played that yet. Um, and then Rick says you can spend a hundred million to make a game, then only get one hundred twenty million back after a year of work. Twenty million is a lot, but twenty percent profit is nothing. Yes, correct. I I, I would agree. So, well, all right. Real quick, uh, the point I was trying to get out okay. earlier um, was basically just. I'm sorry, when, I cut when, you off. When the average cost of a game you said was ten million, for was it a AAA game or just was that? It, it's ten million dollars a month to make a game that we're getting, like the tri- big AAA games. And you think now. about how long it takes to make those games years in some cases, and then that some games, you know, you got to factor into that how many games are going to sell enough money to recoup or like make a good profit on that but you know so you've got to factor in like most games aren't going to sell more than 10 million copies a lot of games don't sell more than 4 million 5 million copies for a lot of games a million is good enough so yeah some games will eclipse 20 but you also have to think that part of the reason they have decided to bump up the cost of games is because they're they have data where it says okay you know we have these games and most of them did not sell over this limit or you know this game it can only be expected to sell this much based on previous sales. Um, so, like, I don't think... I think Sony wants to sell you as many games as they possibly can, and all these game makers want to sell you games as many games as they possibly can. So, the fact that we've gone generations without a price hike, and we're now moving to 70 I think is a sign that it's necessity. You know, it's 10 bucks. it's not 20 it's not 30 and I'm not trying to say that that's not a big increase for some people, I'm not trying to say that, but... It doesn't feel like with this increase, considering how much it costs to make a game and how much, how many copies games can actually sell these days and how many people are actually going to buy them on day one as opposed to, you know, maybe for a sale. It doesn't feel like they're trying to gouge us for money for video games by doing a 10% a $10 increase. So, Okay, and and I also want to bring something else. I, like, I'm, I'm trying to wrap this up, but th- there's another component of this that we didn't address. Games, arguably, now would be a lot more expensive if it wasn't for the technology we have nowadays. And the reason I say that is because now game companies can sell you a game for 60 or $70, and then three months down the line, they can sell you DLC, which gives them more of a profit in their game because they already have the base. They, you know, they sell you a skin or they sell you a new level or whatnot. The availability of now being able to get DLC, I think is also keeping the price down as well because otherwise, that $70 game for God of War, if it wasn't for DLC, so to speak, not that we're getting DLC for God of War, that I think, but arguably you could say that game would have sold at $100 rather than 70 because they weren't able to, to make DLC in the past to release you know new levels and stuff. 
that's, I mean, a, it, that, that's a fair argument. Uh, Alex, do you agree with that or no? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, not every... Because the first God of War game did not have DLC. And right. Horizon Forbidden Horizon Zero Dawn had one DLC. Forbidden West had one... It's, it's Well, so far, one confirmed DLC, but it's a year out, so... I don't think they're going to release more than one for that game if it's a year out. Uh, or a year after the release of the game. I think they'll, you know, move on to working on Horizon 3 after that. But yeah, I mean, it, DLC is another consideration. It's like, hey, we can sell people DLC if we get them hooked on this game. But then again, you know, you look at the number of people that don't finish a lot of games, and you can see that even on the trophy rarity these days. You know, you see how many people get the first trophy for, like, a story mission, and then you go down and it decreases for every single story mission after that, you know, that's tied to a trophy. So while they can make more money off DLC, they also have to look at it and say, this is how many people are beating our game, so how many people are actually going to be interested in DLC? You know, tr- trophy hunters, people who want to get 100% completionists, they will, but you know, there are a lot of people that don't finish games, so is, is DLC even worth it to them? Well, let me let me ask you two the question, and I know you're not going to have an exact number, but just ballpark it for me. How much do you guys spend on Rocket League? Uh, I mean, I've missed one Ooh. Rocket Pass, and I really have... I don't buy anything outside the Rocket Pass, so I do buy the Rocket Pass every time. You can earn your coins back to be able to get... Essentially, if you buy the first Rocket Pass, <clears throat> you can earn enough credits in every Rocket Pass to buy the next one. To buy the next one, which is what I've done, well, all but I, once. I spend the $10 every time because I put the my earnings towards, you know, in-game stuff, in-game items. I don't, you know, say, go drop $20 on the PlayStation Network and then go buy a Goal Explosion, but I will use the credits that I've earned to buy Goal Explosions and Blueprints and stuff like that. So I think I think it'd be fair to say, I mean, Alex, you did buy uh, Rocket League because you didn't yeah, get it Yeah, for like 20 bucks, I think. So I, right, and I could, arguably, you could say you spend another... Fifty to sixty dollars lifetime well, on the what, game. This is the ninth one, uh, the ninth pass. So I'd say I spent at least eighty on the passes. So I'd say that it's fair. And I bought someone, a friend, uh, a copy of the game for Christmas. So I'd say it's fair to say that I spent at least over a hundred dollars. Uh, at least once. Uh, no, no, no. Um, at least one twenty on the game. And yield? What do you think? Estimate. Oh, so let's see here. The car packs that I bought. I bought them on a Christmas sale. So there's 10. We'll say at least 10 bucks because I bought several packs. Uh, the first, the rocket passes are what, 10 bucks? Yes. That first year I joined in late, so I bought the extra to boost me. So I think that may have been 15. So I've probably, it's probably somewhere. In the $50, $60 range, maybe, give or take. All right. Well, the point I'm trying to make is that it, it, it the amount of money you spent on Rocket League, I think you both would say it'd be fair to say that if you had to pay that cost up front, you may not have bought Rocket League. But in the long run, you had no problem spending the money because the game's already out there. So that's where I was going like with the free-to-play games. Uh, now, you know, Rocket League's now free to play where they get you in and then they get you hooked and then they sell you the DLC and stuff like that. Um, I mean, Fortnite, look at Fortnite. Fortnite's, I think it's making like a billion dollars a month, which is insane. So they get you hooked and they can sell these games for cheaper, but sometimes like God of War, 
where we don't have no anticipation of, of DLC, they sell you for the $70 and they got you your $70. But somebody like Horizon or Burnout Paradise or Rocket League or Fortnite, they can afford to sell the game for $60 because they know in their minds we're going to sell them a shitload of DLC and that $60 from that one consumer could turn into $100, $120, where they've now doubled how much you spent on the game just by releasing the base game and then giving you DLC. So, I mean, that could be an argument of why games didn't go up in the past years, but now with the, the pandemic and chip shortage and all that stuff, you know, a $10 increase isn't that bad. All right, with that being said, unless you guys have anything further you want to say. Yield, Alex? No, I mean, price increases. It's not great to hear that... You know the cost of the goods is going up, but I mean there's so many areas in life that where the the cost increase has gone up so much more egregiously than video games that you know the cost of food goes up, you know sometimes daily, sometimes weekly. Same with gas. So for the cost of video games after generations to go up ten dollars, I don't think that they're gouging us. I think that it's just the necessity of doing business. All right. Uh, one last comment before we go to shoutouts. Uh, 8-Bit says, unfortunately, 20% profit, uh, referring back to the Rick comment about 20, uh, $20 million with only being 20% profit. Uh, unfortunately, 20% profit isn't all the profit which shareholders want. Thus, no green light in sequels like Days Gone because it only sold 6 million copies. Uh, instead of 12 million, Tomb Raider is another great example. Oh, so. that first Tomb Raider game is fabulous. Best and, 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 spoilers ever. Ever and then, uh, are you really gonna bring that back? Absolutely, every chance I get. All right, we're gonna close out the show with some shout outs. Uh, yield because you just tried to put me in the doghouse. I'm going to Alex first. That's fine. I give a shout out to the listeners, the fans, the fuel to the fire, the fuel to the fire that is trophy horse, all the fantastic people that we have in chat tonight. Um, I know we had 8-Bit. I know we had Latin Legacy. I know we had Rick. Uh, do we have anybody that I missed, Tricky? Ashley. Ashley was also in there. How could I forget? Ashley's going to get her own separate shout-out. So. Um, She's still in the we'll chat, also give the sh- Ashley a shout-out for mentioning Beavis and Butthead. Because uh, while she told me that Beavis and Butthead, I said in response to her question about nobody mentioning Beavis and Butthead, I'm like, well, they weren't good games, she said, but they're still hilarious. So that is very true. Beavis and Butthead are hilarious. Um, give a shout-out to, to Tricky and to Yield for recording with me this week. A shout out to WolfEye for their first WolfEye Studios for their first effort. Very good one in Weird West. Can't wait to see what they do next. And last but not least, give a shout out to my awesome and loving girlfriend, Ashley. I love you, honey. Uh, yeah, I uh, I thought we would we would talk about one other topic on the show, but I guess we, we can save it for another time or, you know, off. off uh, well, you, 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 you want to talk about it? Let's talk chat. about it. Did, oh, it's not video game related. Oh, okay. Did, did I miss a topic? No, you didn't. Well, he said it's not video game related. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that part. Okay. No, it's it's Just it's sports type. entertainment related. Because I was going to say let's go with it, but it's not video game related. Yeah. So yeah, we, no, we no, we'll, uh, well, we, we can save it for maybe something we make else it a spoiler, can, yeah. or maybe we make it a Patreon. We'll we'll do that as a Patreon episode because we're hitting two hours right now. Yeah, so. no, no, that, so yeah, yeah. Shout out to my awesome girlfriend Ashley. Uh, yeah. That's going to do me. Oh, speaking of Patreon, I'll just say it now since we're on the show. Uh, oh, boy. Tricky threw out an idea, which I, I I think was actually kind of a good idea, that Alex and I do a show 
with with maybe some of the community. Now, how we're going to organize it is yet to come because it depends on who would want to do it and time zones and blah, blah, blah. But uh, about how how did you exactly word it? Our, our gaming resolutions for this year. Is that what it was? Right. And, and there was something else that you threw in there that I was like, you know what? That actually wouldn't be a bad one. So basically, it was our gaming resolutions. Tricky will throw in the other one when I'm done talking. But if anybody would want to join us, I think that would be a good one. So hit us up on Facebook. I'll try to remember to post something about it, and then we could kind of keep it all together. But anyway, food for thought. Rick says he's in. I had another one I would throw out. Rick said what? Rick said he's in. I figured Rick would be in. Um, let me guess, Rick. Beat the player. You could beat Slay the Spire on every single playable console or <laughs> or machine that you can. That'd probably be one of them. Um, right. But no, I do have uh, a suggestion. Another suggestion for, 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 for Patreon. Patreon? Like have each host go over there, say top fifty games of all time, or you know top twenty five, or something like that. Ooh, as long wow. as IGN's not involved, I'm yeah, down. We each do, of all time? Yeah, of all time. Holy cow. Wow. That would take a little preparation. I mean, as long as as long as long we've been gaming, holy cow. Does it have to be like in any order, this is my favorite, or like these were the top 50 games if you were like, hey, someone's, I, starting, to, someone's starting gaming, and these are the top 50 games that you need to go play? Was, I, was like I, think, I think to torture yourself, Yield... And I'm always saying this just to be fun. I know. I think you have to come up with the top 50 games of all time, and then you personally have to order them. Damn. You agonize over each choice. No, no. We'll, we'll Man, just do what rough. are your top... Maybe maybe pick your top five of all time, but... Don't ruin my fun, Alex. No, no. We're not going to... You see the... Do, do you hear the frustration in Neil's voice know, right now? We're not no, 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 no. It's, it's not necessarily frustration. It's like, good God, how could I rate some games higher than others? That's the torture. No, I, I, I right. think uh, what I would say is top fifty games of all time, not necessarily in any order. Just your top favorite, top fifty favorite. Doesn't even have to be the best games that you've ever played. You could just say, "I really like Clay Fighter." Clay Fighter is one of top my top fifty. It ain't great. It's kind of fun, but that's one of my top fifty. All right, uh, Rick says that's three episodes right there. <laughs> all right, uh, before I go to uh, Yield for his shoutouts. Uh, I just want to annoy him a little bit more because he threw that two-braider dig at me. Uh, Proven Bot wants to know, did anything make you upset today? Yes. Yield may be upset by bringing up the two-braider. <laughs> Spoilers episode. Score! All right. <laughs> Wait, is that is that Yield the one you lost? Shot. Yes! yes. I didn't Wait, lose he also, it. He you also lost, lost another Patreon episode, the one that we did on the Game Awards. See, yeah. and, and like I said, for those of you who don't know the backstory to this. Oh, God, what, here we go. What, I'm trying what, to wrap what, up the show, Yield. <laughs> what made what made that spoiler so good was that I, I, like, Tricky and Donnie had just finished the game like a week ago. And, like, I had just finished it like an hour, hour and a half before we recorded. So, like, we were all on this Tomb Raider high and... And we it, were all dying on our hills. <laughs> oh yeah, and it was it it was it was it was really good. We we all sung the praises for the game. We all had we which we some some we agreed upon, some we didn't. We all had our negatives, which we agreed and didn't agree. And it, it was a really good one. We all worked really well together on that one. And then it it never made it out to all of you. And like I said, it, that's why it's the greatest spoiler that never was. 
It, it got lost in the ethos. I have no idea what the hell happened to it. It was on my system one day, and then it was just not there. And, and th- this was, of course, before we were holding on to our audio before, so it was published. So after like a week or two, it was like, okay, delete, get it off my, you know, we were all right. delete, get it off the computer. And then we're like, hey, we never saw this. Tricky's like, yeah, it it, it vanished. It and just, no, no one had their audio, so Tricky could redo it. It, it was just gone. Gone. All right, yield your shout outs. So, uh, as always, I will give a shout out to not only the Facebook community, but also everybody who hangs out in the Twitch chat while we do this live or live ish, as I use my quotations that no one can see. Um, it, it's really cool, especially uh, the questions that you guys threw at us. I That was fun. Um, a shout out to Prepare to Die or Scum, Homer Good Stuff, The Brain 76 for Diablo. Shout out to Nitro for some Rocket League and Deep Rock Galactic. And Alex as well for some Rocket League. Uh, and Tricky. I, I wasn't there when Tricky was there. So while you oh, were true. there, I did not see you play. So therefore, I cannot officially I, give you I a shout out. I will say Tricky does deserve a shout out. I was Tricky, Nitro, and I did very well in Rocket League. So before. But, I, I surprisingly I was kicking ass. Uh, I, I need I need video proof. It's it's on the Twitch stream. It's on the Twitch stream. Okay, well that's good. Uh, shout out to Tricky and Alex for recording tonight. Uh, I feel that this was actually a really good episode. Um, I'm sure that I am forgetting someone or something, but if I am forgetting you, you guys or gals rock, or your pimps or madams rock. And my last shout-out will go to my Cincinnati Bengals for winning back-to-back division titles for the first time ever in not only franchise history, but my lifetime. So, I'm, I'm kind of happy. All right, before I do my shout-outs, uh, 8-Bit says uh, a good Patreon episode. A top 25 games list of all time, but all three of us have to agree on the placements. Ooh, ouch. That could be a fun episode. Ooh, wow. That could be a fun episode. That could be uh, a few hours. <laughs> Us arguing back and forth. Us arguing no, back this, and forth. This, this, what the fuck you thinking? This is yeah. Be a- no, this isn't, a, this isn't a top 10. What are you, dumb? Uh, good shout out to Sweet Mama D. Shout out to uh, Bree Cheese, who is her cousin, who stayed with me this weekend. Um, shout out to the goddess. Shout out to all the listeners. Thank you very much. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Thank you very much. Shout out to 8-Bit and uh, somebody else subbed. I'm looking at the subs right now. Uh, 8-Bit and the Goddess uh, for their Twitch subs. Uh, that came through on this uh, thing. Shout out to all the Patreons. Uh, shout out to all our Twitch subs regardless. Thank you very much. Appreciate you guys all. And if there's nothing else, until next week, happy trophy hunting. See ya. Later.
The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines.